Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hello, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. I am very excited today to talk about a topic that's not talked about very often, which is dissociation. Um, So for those of you that aren't aware of this, I really hope that this just awakens you to something that you could have actually already seen, but you're just not aware of it. Um, So like if you find yourself missing time or if you know someone that you feel like you have like this great time with them, but the next time they see you, it's almost like they act like they don't know you and you're thinking, didn't we just meet and that was a great time. So dissociative identity disorder, or DID, is really one of the most misunderstood and misdiagnosed mental health disorders. Many times, therapists who are trained miss it, and they really need to have a lot of extensive trauma training and even spiritual training to be able to work with this diagnosis. They don't often recognize it, um, so we mistreat it. Um, Even in people in ministry, we'll often think that these people are demonized, and so then there'll be a deliverance that will go wrong because they think that this person has demons when in fact they have traumatized parts of themselves. And that's pretty much what dissociation is. And so in this episode, I'm going to talk about what DID is, um, what dissociation is. I'll talk a little bit between the difference between a part and a demon, um, but just kind of gain more understanding of kind of what to do when you recognize this and even in yourself to kind of why does this happen or how does this happen? Um, Because children aren't meant to go through extreme trauma. So when children do go through this extreme trauma, there's natural ways that the brains cope. And so I'll talk about that today. Again, this is a, you know, this is a a very extensive topic and I'm going to just kind of touch on some things today. Um, So really hope that this enlightens you to be able to understand more about a topic that can be often misunderstood. Um, So we'll just ask God to just help us in this episode and help you. Um, So Holy Spirit, we just welcome you right now. I pray God that you be with the listeners wherever they are at. Lord, I pray for the peace that surpasses all understanding to be with them no matter where they are at. Um, And Lord, I know that this topic is not quite something that many people are used to hearing. And so even if they're listening to it and they're like, I don't know how this pertains to me, Lord, I just pray that you open their eyes to see where this could actually pertain to them. And anything I say that's not helpful, that they can just kind of let that go. Um, But most importantly, I pray for their mental health. I just pray for the for your peace to come over them, um, for depression to leave, for anxiety to leave. Um, For those of the listeners who are listening, um, if there is an awakening that that happens that, you know what, I actually did experience extreme child abuse, I might be struggling with dissociation. I just pray for your gentle spirit to just be with them today and that the mighty comforter is just with them, that your grace is bigger than any of the fear that they could be feeling. 
um, that you're just gentle in this with recognizing that this is if this is something they're struggling with um, or even friends or family um, that there's just this gentleness of the Holy Spirit that is with the listeners through this tough topic if that is something that they're struggling with. Um, So we just thank you, God, for your presence today. Um, We just release your presence, your glory into their homes, into their cars, wherever they are at. And guide me to say exactly what it is that they need to hear and not anything more, anything less. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. If any of you have watched the movie Precious, if you remember that, Um, movie Precious, Um, they actually walk through, she dissociated in that movie um, where in the midst of abuse, her brain created another another self and she was able to go someplace else. So essentially that's that's a lot of what dissociation is. But I want to back up to kind of talk about kind of how this happens and why why dissociation is even something that we should talk about. Um, Because we do dissociate even if we don't have dissociative identity disorder so if you've ever find yourself just driving on the road and you're like oh where am i and you're not even really paying attention you're kind of checking out or dissociating um you may even miss your exit because you're dissociating and so it it really is a natural part of the way that we function um but where it can get extreme is that if you were abused as a child and you actually created different parts of selves to cope Okay, so it has the, the concept of dissociation has been around for a very long time, um, and there it can be mild emotional attachment or detachment from the immediate surroundings where you're at to a very severe disconnection from physical and emotional experiences. So there's kind of this ride, this this big array of where dissociation could be. Um, I want to go back and talk about first coping mechanisms. Some of them you've heard, some of you you haven't. Um, the first one I want to explain is called displace. So this is when you just, you displace, you had a bad day and you go home and you take it out on your family. So it's a coping mechanism. It's not healthy, but it's what we're doing to try to cope with your bad day. Um, the next one is to deny. This will be something that like, it didn't happen to me. Okay, I'm denying that it happened. The next one is where we repress, and so that means just repress emotions out of our awareness, but they still influence our behaviors. So this could be you experienced child abuse and now you struggle in your relationships as an adult because you repressed the emotions. So this is why it's important to go to therapy to talk about our emotions and we can't hold things inside. It has to come out, it has to be talked about. Um, The next one is called projection. So this is where you have your own stuff and you actually put it on other people. Um, So for example, if you don't like someone, you then project that they don't like you. So there's this inability to recognize your own feelings and your own emotions about it. Um, The next one is rationalize. So this is where we just kind of analyze and rationalize things and we're not actually connecting with our emotions around it. Um, And then the last one is regression. So this is basically just kind of like regressing or abandoning all coping mechanisms. And then this can come out later in this mismatch development. So where we could act like we're five years old when we're 30. Okay, I think this this is something that is actually way more common than we think. And all of these coping mechanisms I just talked about, we all do them. So it's being able to slow down and ask God, where am I doing this and help me to cope in a healthy way. And so everything I'm talking about in this episode today, we want to be able to 
go back to the Lord and ask him what he wants us to see so that our identity needs to be in Christ and not in other people, not in the trauma that we had, but we need to get that healed. Okay. So if we're, if we're not aware of it, if we're repressing, we're denying, we're doing all these different coping mechanisms, how do we even know that we need to get healed of something? And so I just pray for God's awareness to just increase in your life for you to be able to identify if you are doing any of those coping mechanisms yourself. So DID, okay, I want to just talk about this, was previously known as multiple personality disorder. That term is no longer used and is actually inaccurate because of the stigma around it. And there's also the scale of dissociation. Um, so to actually get the diagnosis of DID, you do have to have at least two distinct and relatively regular personality traits. So you actually could come out, look like someone else. Um, When I have worked with clients, I actually kind of treat it like family therapy. Um, So it's basically family therapy in your head. Um, And there's many different therapists that work differently with this. Some therapists will say, I never will talk to one of the parts. I don't talk to them. Um, And some of them say, I do, because I want them to trust me and I want them to feel safe. Um, Some of them, they don't believe that it can get healed. There's some therapists that they just don't believe that if you have DID, you have it for the rest of your life. Um, I actually believe that it can be integrated. It can be healed because I've seen it. Um, I've actually taken it off the charts. You know, we bill insurance and we put diagnosis in the charts and I've actually taken it off of a chart of the chart and I've seen it. So I've watched someone have it and then I've watched someone not have it. So I've seen it with my eyes. So I believe that that actually can happen. Um, but that this topic is actually a pretty controversial topic and one that we just need more data around. Okay. Um, and so what happens is there's lots of memory gaps. Um, it could be just ordinary forgetfulness, could show up in their behavior, um, and there's just kind of different presentations of where where it could show up. Um, there was a show on, I think it was Netflix, called Tara, United States of Tara, and she literally would change clothing with different personalities that she had. That's not very common. Most of the time, it really is kind of just a shift in your face where you kind of might look at a little bit younger, might get quieter. Um, there's, it's kind of more subtle when the behaviors change. And then often someone who has DID usually are diagnosed with PTSD, many different personality disorders. They often get misunderstood as borderline. Um, They'll often have depression, substance abuse, um, conversion disorder, somatic disorders, so disorders in their body, eating disorders, OCD, sleep disorders, self-harm. And then there's often flashbacks, um, anxiety disorders, and then also suicidal tendencies. So there's a lot of other mental health disorders that can come along with this. Um, And really it is, like I said before, it's a result of long-term or repeated child abuse and most frequently child abuse or neglect that's combined with a very insecure and disorganized attachment. I kind of talked about this a little bit when I talked about the episode on parts of selves last week. Um, And DID cannot form after the ages of six or nine because individuals older than that really already kind of have this integrated self-identity and history. Again, somebody else 
else might disagree with that, but this is where they have identified in Wikipedia, okay? And so the American Psychological Association states that the essential feature of dissociative disorders is a disruptive and the usual integrated function. So we're usually integrating in, in and out of our consciousness, our memory, our identity, and there's this perception of the environment that's not integrated. Okay, so there's an, um, one of the things that we call it is an amnesic barrier. So if you could see little boxes in your head and there's like little dotted lines around it, it would be there's kind of this fluid amnesic barrier. So like my therapy self, my therapist self, is there's a fluid amnesic barrier to my mom self. I could quickly go into my child could come in and I could see my child and I become a mom or I become a wife or I become a friend. There isn't an amnesic barrier between different parts of myself when I am different, different parts of my lives. And then there's also, we can kind of split off, okay? We can escape from reality. Um, there's this kind of detachment of self and some people call these parts as alters. Um, and then there's another part of it, which is numbness, okay? Where you're kind of checking out. So we can have like these different levels of dissociation and kind of detach from coping with our emotions, coping from the trauma. Um, there's one training that I've gotten by a woman named Kathy Martin, and she used the, the, the phrase apparently normal part. And so I might look normal to everyone else, but I have back here these little parts in my heads that she calls emotional parts. So they're the parts that deal with the emotions, they deal with life, and so they kind of help you to function, but you're the face that everybody sees that looks normal. So you're apparently normal, but you're not really normal because you have all these parts that help you. And so it's just this way of learning how to function to basically survive. And so I wanna make sure that that's something that people understand about this. DID is not a choice. It was a form of protection. So if anybody is feeling shame around this, there is no shame of this. It was a really, honestly, a brilliant way of the brain being able to function from a very difficult childhood, very disorganized attachment, very confusing, um, because you can have someone who's a loved one that you're that they provide food for you and shelter and maybe even give you wonderful, great memories, but then they may molest you and sexually violate you that is confusing for a child and that is not an okay thing and so the brain what is the brain supposed to do with that and so it really is a way of protecting and just surviving childhood so as we get older though as adults and you are able to recognize this isn't okay and you get into a safe environment you find friends who love you you find people who are able to help you you may even get some therapy along the way to kind of cope with life we need to learn to cope with different ways. So for example, these parts have jobs and oftentimes the job is to basically scream or to um, keep emotions at bay because when you feel your emotions, you're going to be harmed. Um, it could be to stay um, almost like the perpetrator and to yell at other people, perpetrate other people. And so their job is this unhealthy position. And so when you're an adult, and you're in a healthy relationship, but you get triggered, the parts don't know that your spouse or your child or your friend is a safe person, that the part is 
five, six years old and reverts back to the same behavior that they did, the job that they had when they were being traumatized, now they're doing that as an adult. So some of what I will do when I work with these clients in therapy is I'll I'll connect with that part and help them to negotiate for a different job so we can at least move from to more safe place of not being violent, of not struggling with that intense anger and moving towards, okay, it's now 2022, you are not being abused anymore and really kind of inviting that place of safety. Um, people that work in ministry, um, the, a big thing that they'll do is make sure that each of the parts are saved and that each of the parts have given them light, their life to Jesus. Because you could work with a one person that has a bunch of parts and there could be some shattered selves in there that don't believe that Jesus is their Lord and Savior. And so you're working with this part and you're praying and you're talking about um Bible verses to help bring freedom. And you've got some sabotaging parts in there because they don't believe that Jesus is their Lord and Savior. And so there could be this sabotaging that's happening, not on purpose, not because they're wanting to do that, but because they are still back in their old jobs. And so some of what I have done is help negotiate new jobs and really not shame them. You know, and I, a lot of times I'll say, thank you so much for what you've done for this person. You know, you've really been so brave and I'm so proud of what you've done to help them get through their childhood, but they're not being abused anymore. And so we need your help to change jobs. Um, and one of the controversial thing about integration is that therapists will say that if you introduce integration to somebody who has DID and isn't ready, hasn't done enough work, that that can actually be traumatizing to them because they're like, oh, you're basically taking away, I'm going to die. And it's like, no, you're not going to die. And so it's it's actually something that as, as the person is doing therapy, if they it are introduced to that, it's something that they have to make it themselves. It's a personal choice. Some people can function and live with DID in a very healthy, healthy lifestyle. Um, I know that there's a woman in um, the UK actually, who is a famous painter and she has DID and lives with it. And it's just something that she's learned how to function with, but know when she gets triggered to not come out with those healthy coping mechanisms. Um, so again, I just say that it's, it's really a personal choice. Um, I know God really wants us to be whole and integrated and it's possible. And so I think I just want to put that out there that it is that we can actually um, be whole, that those parts of cells aren't dying, that it's actually who you are anyways. There's just amnesic barriers that keep them from blending together. Um, I've actually have a vision of a head where it's almost like there's little boxes and they're all full of water from heaven and that what God does is he actually breaks open the dam in our head with dissociation and he just says I just open up the dam and you are all one you are one you are made in my image and I love every single one of you I love every single part of you and I just ask you all to come together and form together as one because that's how I made you and I'm so sorry that you experienced the abuse that you experienced that caused those separate doors to happen and so God can can just come in and he can he can transform it and he can bring that integration when we are trusting him and we struggle to trust because of why. We were abused, so now we have attachment wounds. And if you listen to um, Mike Hutchins' 
episode that I had last week on Thursday, he talks about the shattered soul and the Bible verses around us being brokenhearted, which is the same thing. Um, that Psalms 34, 18 says that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And that Psalms 143 says that he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. So this concept of of being healed from this is possible. And even when I say that, I want that to feel safe for people, that if that's something that you have struggled with, that that's not something that you're being forced with, but God loves you and he wants you to get the healing that you are ready to get in the time that he's able to be there for you. But he's comforting you no matter where you're at. So make sure to go back and listen to his episode because it was an amazing episode. So I want to just quickly talk about kind of the difference between a demon and a part. Again, I'm not an expert in this, um, but I just know I have definitely seen seen a difference and be able to kind of recognize it. And I've also known people who have had bad experiences in ministries and also had bad experiences in therapy. So I think really it's something that we just need to get more trained on and more aware of. It's why I'm doing this episode because I just want there to be increased awareness of this. Um, so in Luke 4, 32 through 36, it says, and they were astonished at his teaching for his word, Jesus, his word was with authority. Now in the synagogue, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon and he cried out with a loud voice saying, let us alone. What have you to do? What have you to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him in their midst, it came out of him and did not hurt him. And they were all amazed and spoke among them, saying, What a word this is. For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits and they come out. So here is the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. And so if somebody is doing deliverance ministry and they are discerning an unclean spirit in someone and they cast it, they, they command it out and it's not leaving. What I would say is there should, first of all, we need to have more training and understanding dissociation and being able to slow down and, and check in with the person and say, I just want to check with you and ask, is there a little part in there? Is there a part in there that's shattered, that's hurt, that's kind of scared at what's happening right now? And be able to come down to that level. And even though it's an adult and you see the face as an adult, but speak to that person like there's a hurt child in there and find out that maybe this isn't a demon. But what happens is the person can look so afraid and be so scared that they think maybe this is a demon or they may even be manifesting and making noises that seem kind of odd and seem kind of weird. Sometimes people get good at deliverances, okay? Um, and if you go back to the episode I had, um, I can link it back with my other friend, um, Reverend Mike. He talks about that where he actually prayed for a woman. The, the pastors wanted him to cast out the demons and he was like, she's not demonized, she has parts. And so it's important to be able to recognize that. Um, a Kind of a clear distinction, if it is a demon versus a part, there's gonna be kind of an emptiness in their eyes 
where they're not really like right now if anybody's watching on YouTube I'm actually looking at you and looking like you can actually see where there's eye contact versus where there's this like just kind of airy kind of creepy looking off into space kind of not connecting it's like they don't have a soul okay because demons don't have souls and there um, there isn't that connection um, so that's one way to be able to, to tell but again that could be a person really struggling with dissociation and they're just numbing out so again it's it's really being able to get the training and be able to pray and ask god to, to help discern the spirits because even if it does look like it's a demon it still could be a part and so i know i'm probably not helping by saying okay you're basically saying it could be or it can't be um, but again just getting training asking the lord um, praying for the discernment of spirits and really just gaining that increase of that skill of discernment to be able to know and to recognize um, because if it when if people would say if it is a demon and then you're sitting there talking to a demon all kind of nicely that's not the way they should be talked to and I'm saying I agree I know that but it's so harmful to treat a person like they are demonized and if they are not that causes more harm so I think it's really really important to assess for that first before stepping into doing deliverance. Um, and then the other thing is really just knowing that like God's grace is bigger than anything that we deal with here. And so even as a minister, a pastor, um, a um, counselor, to really be able to walk in the same authority that Jesus walked, even if we're not you know, gonna be casting out a demon, but just know who we are as helpers and and our identity is really secure in him before even doing this kind of work. I think that if we are doing it kind of haphazardly and um, kind of not not checking in and, ha and being in the presence of the Lord, um, it, that can be dangerous. You know, if you're not re having a daily repentance, I mean, every day I'm in prayer and repenting, it might not look like what it would look like with other people, but I'm connecting with him and he's with me all the time. And I have that revelation that he never leaves me or forsakes me. So I wouldn't go into doing this work if I didn't have that revelation. Um, so it's important to kind of do our own work. And that as we are moving through in therapy, whether you're a therapist or whether you're a client, that there's this ongoing transformation that happens. So Romans 12, 2 says that we don't conform to the powers of this world, but we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so even as you're able to heal some of the attachment wounds, that there could be another layer that's there. And there's no shame in that. Like even for me, I have never arrived. I'm always ready and willing for the Lord to reveal something in me that needs healing. And so just kind of having that open position of God, show me what it is that needs healing. Okay. So I just want to, I want to end with prayer and just to encouragement um, that even if, let's say you have gotten yourself into a situation where you think you might know somebody that's struggling with dissociation, or maybe you've been praying with somebody and you maybe had it wrong. You know, just ask the Lord to help you and say, God, give me the tools, give me the abilities, help train me. He is wanting us to get training. He's wanting us to get equipped. And he's equipping many of his people right now. And he's showing up in amazing ways and he's bringing healing to people that he never did a decade ago. So his glory is showing up through people. Like even me doing this, like I'm not doing this for me, I'm doing this 
for him. And so I'm saying, God, help me to speak whatever it is that they need. And so, God, we just thank you for this time. I thank you for the honor and the opportunity to speak about a topic that can often get misunderstood. And Lord, even if there's anything that I said that was not useful or not helpful, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that that just gets just wiped away and that no weapon formed against me will prosper. No weapon formed against the listeners will prosper. And we just declare John 10.10 that the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But you have come that you will give life. But you will give life more abundantly. And so I pray right now for those of you who have people in your life that may struggle with dissociation. I pray for God's patience over you, God's strength, and God's courage to be able to be an encourager for them, to be able to suggest counseling, suggest prayer, suggest that they get the help that they need and that that conversation goes well. Um, And then an increase of you being able to be kind and loving and understanding if that loved one gets triggered often. And for you to be able to learn how to have discernment and healthy boundaries so that you don't get hurt as well. Because just because we've been harmed, we've been traumatized, doesn't make it okay to then go hurt and traumatize other people. And so really, I pray for an increase of your listeners to be able to say, yes, I will get help. For those of you listening who are identifying that, yes, I think I do have some dissociation, I just pray for God's grace over you to get the help that you need and to find the right therapist, counselor, pastor, minister, whoever it is that's able to help you, that is equipped and trained. And I pray most of all for you to continue to move from glory to glory as you seek healing and you get healing. Because this is a journey that our spirit is saved, but our soul needs that healing. And so I pray for the right people to come around you, to love you and stay with you, that they don't give up because it can be a tiring journey, but that they can find ways to get breaks and have eyes to see and ears to hear where and when, what to do, what to say, how to say it, when to say it. So God, I pray for the gift of prophecy over the listeners right now, that you will speak through their mouth for them to say what you want them to say. And I also just pray for an increase in hunger for your word, that they will seek you first. We seek first the kingdom of God. We thank you, Holy Spirit. And I also pray for your grace to come in and bring healing for those who struggle with dissociation. That you just step in and you say, what if, what if, I am the mighty comforter. What if I actually can come in and the waterfall can be one big waterfall in your head? We don't have to have all those separate doors, but it can be done in a safe way with safe people. And those of you who do not have safety, I pray that you make the right choices to get that safety. 
pray right now for the healing over the attachment wounds over our childhood, over those memories, Lord, and you just take those memories away. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to talk about a topic like this. And I just pray blessings on the listeners and their family members and their loved ones. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.